It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan, back after a long summer break and I hope you enjoyed yours as much as I did mine. To kickstart our autumn season of best possible taste, I'm delighted that local food champion Tom Flavin will join us shortly to tell us all about this year's Pig Town Festival of Food and Culture that starts this weekend. And from across the water, Nick Vidaz, the pickle pioneer, will tell us all about his business, which earned him the title The Pickles Man. But before we hear from our guests, a reminder that you can make contact with me by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So Chef Tom Flavin is no stranger to the best possible taste, having joined us here on the programme in the past to tell us about various different initiatives. Tonight, Tom joins us to tell us all about this year's Pig Town Festival of food and culture. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Tom, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Great to have you back on. And since we last spoke, you have some very exciting news. I do indeed. Thanks for having me on, Sharon. Yes, um, it's over a year ago now since I left the, the Limerick Strand Hotel. Like I had 14 very happy busy years there to be honest and made some great connections and made some really met some really nice people worked with some really good people um i suppose that's where my fall to ireland hat came on um i was doing a lot with local producers and trying to promote them as best i could in the position that i had and tried to spend as much money locally as i could um which was great met fabulous producers fabulous local producers um and tried to put them on the map on it in as in the culinary map in Ireland, really, and some of them have gone on to do really good things. Um, that's where I met some of the what's now known as the Limerick Food Group. Um, about 20 or 30 people initially met probably seven or eight years ago, maybe even more in, my God, it probably was more in Castle Troy Park Hotel, maybe 10 years ago. And we came up with the idea that there wasn't enough people shouting about what we had in the west of Ireland. So now there's 10 of us and we, we are the Limerick Food Group. We are from all different um, walks of life. Some of us are working in the food industry. Some of us are not, but just have a very deep um, grow for the promoting the culture in the west of Ireland and the food culture we have in Limerick. Um, so we came up with an idea of running a festival. It began probably six or seven years ago and has run successfully since you know we're going from strength to strength this year is the biggest year yet in for pig town 2022 it's pig town culture and food series so it's not just all about pigs it's not just all about food it's about educating the i suppose the people of of the west of ireland as well as trying to make a bit of noise um more nationally and internationally um about the wonderful projects we have here in our doorstep before we talk in more detail about the festival and the various different events that are taking place, I think you're being very modest about the role that you've played in bringing the Limerick food scene to the fore because 
you were invited to be um, a Fulcher Ireland food champion for Limerick. And, you know, that was all about highlighting what's in this area, which is something that you've been very passionate about and indeed that you did in the Limerick Strand Hotel. And I was reading at the weekend that the Limerick Strand Hotel was one of the top hotels cited by Paulo Cornelia in the in the Irish Independent. And he actually mentioned you that your legacy in the hotel is being carried on. That must make you incredibly proud. Yeah, it was fantastic. I like I did see it as well and I was I'm delighted that Paulo Cornelia still remembers that I was there, but like he's a wonderful writer. He knows exactly what's going on in the ground. And I suppose, not that I'm um, understating the fact, I do acknowledge that I did an awful lot of work for Limerick. And I suppose I'm just really, really passionate about um, educating the, the next generation and making sure that we don't forget our history and we don't forget our roots, where we came from, what we had, like we had such a rich food, history in Limerick with pigs related to the pigs um our ham is renowned worldwide we're doing a bit of work with that still at the moment through the Limerick Food Group and we have lots and lots of projects even though I, even when I was in the Strand I still work very closely with Fall to Ireland I work very closely with the council with other bodies just trying to promote Limerick and trying to get um people to visit and like if we don't have our history if we don't have you know the culture that we were so really proud of we've got nothing really, you know, so it's just building on the blocks that were laid there before I ever came along, you know, I, of course, I travelled the world, I've worked in lots of different places, Asia, Australia, London for a long time, um, but I realised that the food we have in the West of Ireland is, is the best in the world, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the best in the world, and it's just making sure that other people here who don't have the opportunity or weren't as lucky as I was to, to travel the world, that they realise what we've got here. And that's basically, that's where it stems from. And you mentioned the, the ham there, and I think in light of the death of Queen Elizabeth II, it's worthwhile saying that Queen Victoria always had a limerick ham for her Christmas dinner. Will you be sending one off to King Charles III now this year? I'm not sure. I'd, I'd rather him to come over and see it for himself. You know, <laughs> maybe we could invite him to Pig Town 2023. Absolutely. But it is like it, it did stem from that. Like Queen Victoria insisted on having the Limerick ham for her, you know, but we had a great, there was a massive export industry. Every second family in Limerick and the surrounding areas had a pig in their back garden. So you can see where it all came from. And it's just not trying not to forget that and trying to make sure that, you know, that type of food culture, some other counties, countries around the world would, you know, would kill for that type of a culture that we had and we still have. And it's trying to just keep it alive. It's great. Now, Big Town 2023 is going to be a huge, you know, we're back with our um, our parade on September the 23rd. It's um, Culture Night, 6 o'clock. The Pig Town Parade starts in Bedford Row. So if anybody wants to get involved, just turn up on the night. We have lots of goodies to help celebrate flags, bunting, we're inviting all of the butchers in Limerick to, and to bring along, if anybody, whether you're a butcher or not, and you have an old recipe for ham, we're trying to to find the, the best Limerick ham and trying to make Limerick ham a thing again, a real, you know, we're working with the council with this one. So it all starts this Saturday, the 17th of September. So let's um, let's get an overview of all the different events that are taking place starting from this Saturday. Yeah, so it kicks off in the milk market. Like traditionally, we've had 
for the past seven years, we, we do some cooking demos in the milk market. It, Wade Murphy is kicking it off this year with Grania Scalan. Grania Scalan is a transition year student that I thought last year um, there's a, three or four chefs who go to different schools around Limerick and Clare and we do a junior chef of the year competition at the end of the year. They get an eight-week training program on just the basics of cooking, which is absolutely phenomenal to see. The progression they make in the eight weeks is fantastic. Grania came out on top this year, so she's going to join Wade Murphy in the milk market on the mezzanine floor of the milk market at 10.30 on Saturday morning, and then running every Saturday from then. Um, we have two cooking demos. So the next one is Saturday the 24th, where we have Mike Tweedy from the Adair Manor, and Patrick Bielowski is the head chef in the Bedford Townhouse. They're going to be doing cooking demos, two separate cooking demos. Again, that's Saturday. Then the following Saturday is the 1st of October, and we're going to close it with Alex Timms. He's the head chef in Number One Perry Square, and George Casey from George Casey Catering. They're both going to run um, cooking demos as well. So that's always, it's a free event. They're always a great one to catch. If you are in Limerick in the milk market, just pop in. If not, we'll try to record them or we might do some Facebook Live or some Instagram Live on the day. So then on Sunday, our first restaurant event is on in the Adair Manor. The Oak Room in the Adair Manor, Mike Tweedy has put a menu together. And if you're just trying to remember, the, the reason we're doing this is to promote local suppliers. So everything on the menu for each of these events and each of these dinners is trying to promote somebody local that maybe you've never heard of before and trying to give them just the first step of the ladder. So Mike has been working with lots of new suppliers, lots of suppliers that he's used in the past, and he's put together a four-course menu on Saturday, on Sunday night. So if you haven't booked that, I'd, I'd kind of encourage you to book it pretty fast. I think the first day was it was almost fully booked as soon as they announced it. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to get to see Michelin Star Restaurant, and it's very reasonable. Then on Tuesday, we have, that's Tuesday the 20th, um, the guest lecturer, Matt, Dr. Matthew Potter, he will be taking, taking place in St. Mary's Cathedral. He's going to be doing a talk on Queen Victoria and Limerick Ham from 1 to 2 p.m. On Friday the 23rd, as I mentioned briefly there earlier, is the Pig Town Pig Parade, back for the first time since 2019, so it's really exciting. There's lots of kids will be involved in this. As I said, the butchers and anybody who has a Limerick ham recipe to bring it along and who knows, it might be both of the best Limerick ham ever. Um, we're gathering in Bedford Road at 6 p.m. There's going to be face painting. There's going to be lots of little things for the kids to do and it's going to finish off in the milk market, the pig parade after party. So the, there's a little pig farm there and it's it's a really good night. It's a great night. That's the same night as Culture Night. And then on the same night from 5 to 9, Pig and Pope on Nicholas Street, Dan Sykes from Springfield Castle, along with Keith Pickett. Um, they're going to be cooking up a storm um, in Treaty City Brewery with Steve, and Steve has some matching beers. There's lots, lots. There's tacos. There's Dan's beef flank tacos. There's poker bowls for vegans and vegetarians. There's pescatarians. There's going to be lots on offer there. Admission is free, and there's there will be a cost for the food and drink, of course, but um, there's going to be a great buzz down there as well on the same night. Then um, the next one is Tuesday on the 27th of September. The Tuscany Bistro in Castle Troy are doing an Italian supper club. Um, so that again needs to be booked online. If you go on pigtown.ie and onto Event Master, they'll, 
They'll, you can book your tickets there. They're running a four-course menu as well, and they're matching it with Dingle Gin. So they have Dingle Gin cocktails to be served with that on the same night. It's going to be another super, super dinner. On Wednesday the 28th, Sash Restaurant in Number 1 Perry Square is running a dinner. And again, that can be booked online. Um, it's 49 euro per person. And um, they're, again, promoting lots of local producers, newly for urban farmer, that's Kevin Wallace. He has lots of veg that they use there. Carolyn Rigney's pork belly and black pudding. So, And there's also they're also promoting Treaty City Pale Ale. Then... Another one is Thursday the 29th, the Pig Town Dinner in the Mustard Seed. And this is always a sellout every year. And again, it's for great value. The restaurants this year, you know, it's very difficult to be involved in all of these all of the time because it takes a lot more staffing hours. It takes a lot more effort to get these things off the ground. But like to be honest, we really have a wonderful amount of restaurants willing to stay involved and keep momentum of pig town going because they can see the benefit they can see that it really highlights limerick as a whole and it's not it's, it's about all of us working together that this will work so the mustard seed if you you can call them on um on the phone to make the booking for the mustard seed then on the 20 on the first oh yeah that's that, that was it we have a couple of meet the maker events then as well one of them i'm doing with caroline rigney on the 24th saturday the 24th um you can book that on Eventbrite as well or go on to pigtown.ie. There's a link on it there. We'll be doing some cooking demos with sourdough. We're going to do some pulled pork from scratch. Um, visit the farm. Caroline will do a full farm tour. We have a few cocktails as well. I'm going to make some elderflower gin cocktails. I also have a taste of Chateau Arda, the wine I made it for the last four or five years. Um, I've started making wine. It's using a, um, a red grape. So we have a red grape and we have, we have red and white wine and they're made locally. So just a tasting of that as well is available on the day. Then Keith and Steve, Keith Pickett and Steve from Treaty City, they're doing a pop-up as well. Um, they are on the 29th, Thursday the 29th of September. But that, all, all of these events are listed on pigtown.ie if anybody wants to check them out. Then we also have in 1826 Adair, Wade Murphy is running Pigtown specials every day for the duration of the festival. Uh, the Treehouse in Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel, they're doing a Pigtown special every day. The French Table in Steamboat Key, they're also doing a Pigtown special daily. They have a different menu. Um, so Delicious is in a cafe on Henry Street. She has a beautiful um, Limerick baked ham and cheddar like a plowman sandwich that she's going to run for the festival. So it, there's so many really good places getting involved this year. It's fantastic. It's brilliant, Tom. You've clearly worked very hard pulling everything together. And I know, you know, we've spoken about you being a, a very, a great ambassador for the region, but you also grow a lot of your own produce and keep your own animals. That seems to be expanding all the time. Like you're talking there about growing the grapes for the Arda wine. But you also would have ducks, for example, and grow lots of your own produce. Is that as as a result of the pandemic that you want to be more self sufficient? No, this began a long a long time ago. I suppose growing up on a farm, we've always had our own food. We've always had, you know, ate our own produce. And the difference is just phenomenal. You cannot compare 
your own grown onions, carrots, garlic, whatever it might be, to something you buy in the shop. And it, it's just the freshness of it. You know, you dig the spuds in the ground in the morning and you have them for your, you know, with your bacon and cabbage or you have them with whatever it might be. Like, you just can't compare it. And not until you do it yourself will you ever, ever see it. And it's so easy. Like, I don't mind my, my gardens here are not manicured by any means. You know, I don't mind to see weeds around the place. We, we do it completely organically. I don't use any pesticides, you know, they can't be good if the hens and the ducks are walking around. You don't want to be spraying weed killer everywhere. So there is a lot of weeds around, but the spuds grow up through the weeds, as do the onions and the garlic. And it's just something that I've grown up with. And I suppose if you have any little bit of land at all out the back, even a back garden, like spuds and garlic will grow in pots. You don't have to have a garden, even if you have a patio area. It's nice and it's good for kids to see it. And it's, I suppose we can't leave these traditions die. You know, it's very easy to walk into, you know, these big supermarket chains and you look at a packet of carrots for a kilo and they're 69 cents, you, you just have to ask yourself, how can this be possible? You know, how can you produce a kilo of carrots for 69 cents? Like the amount of work that goes into it. And it's just appreciating and getting the, the youth of today to appreciate what it is to grow a carrot and how long it takes to grow a carrot. And like the garlic, like it's a good time if anybody has any um, intention of growing anything, put some garlic cloves into a pot and put them out the back. October is the time to set them. It needs the winter time. It needs the frost for, to split the cloves so that you get maybe 10 or 12 cloves from each garlic. And they'll be ready to harvest in July and August time next year. So you just add that kind of, just think about that for a second. It, like these things do take time and they do take, you know, energy and money. And people are complaining about the cost of living. But if, if everybody was to grow a little bit, um, even a fraction of what they consume, in their back garden or in their on their windowsill have some herbs or whatever you know it's going to make a huge difference huge huge difference and the education alone for kids to see this is for me that that's why i do it i just love to see people learning and i'm constantly learning i suppose all the time and in terms of education then the program that you run with the ty students is this something that you spend some time talking about and educating them about well, I suppose this, this really came about during um, COVID um, when the, our hours were cut and the hotels and the restaurants were closed. I, I had a lot of spare time on my hands. So I, like I know Bernadette, the manager in the Limerick Clare Education Board in Roxburgh, and she asked if I'd just get involved for a couple of classes. And I was delighted. But when I started doing it, it's just the reward you get from seeing these young kids who, you know, some of them can't even open a can, you know, and it's not, it's not, that's not, that's not no fault of their own. I suppose they don't have to anymore. So it's when you can see them like Grania growing from strength to strength. And now she's on this, you know, on the main stage with Wade Murphy, like this time last year, it's not that she couldn't cook. She obviously did home economics before. She's a really, really talented girl. She's really good. But giving these kids an opportunity just work with people like Wade and Mike Tweedy and you know it's, it's fantastic it's, it's so satisfying for me you know to see people progress along the ladder and sometimes all they need is a helping hand and just point them in the direction and, and they go for it like I got a great opportunity when I was 17 18 you know so I just think it's important for just to mind the next generation and I think the likes of you talking about it and the passion that you have and then maybe seeing Mike Tweedy and Wade Murphy and the passion that they have is only going to be a good thing for encouraging the younger generation to consider being a chef 
as a career path because let's face it we are facing a shortage of really good talented chefs in Ireland and probably and probably all over the world yeah definitely and like I had you know I've loved what I've done all my life I've been very very lucky to actually work at something that I really enjoy and it wasn't like work to me ever and it still isn't like work but if I can bring like I think we have 10 students now from the 450 the, the, the TY class last year there's 10 of them working in the industry I'm really proud of something like that you know that's that that's the reason we do it is to get them into the industry and some of them would never be in there unless they, would, they meet the right people and put them in the right places like we all hear the horror stories you know the the Gordon Ramsay's of you know kitchens that they're not nice places to work I've never worked in any place like that any place I've ever worked maybe I've been very very lucky that the people they really encourage you to grow they want you to succeed they want you know they want you to move on to the next step and chefs really look out for each other and they you know especially if you have if you have any bit of a talent at all you can see you know it's a great career to get into absolutely and one that you can travel all over the world as you've done yourself but equally whenever you've maybe got over the travel bug you can come back home and there'd be lots of job opportunities back here in ireland yeah, I don't think you'll ever get over the travel bug, though. I'd, I'd love to go again, you know. And even as a holiday or, you know, a working holiday, like we went even on a working honeymoon with seven Mary back 25 years ago now, actually. We went to Australia and we worked for nearly two years around Australia, but it's so easy. To, you can walk into any hotel, any restaurant, anywhere in the world, and if you're willing to work and pull up your sleeves, you'll get a job. And it's, it's, it's a great way to, like, we had a fantastic time traveling around the world like that. Well, listen, it's great to catch up with you again. Thanks for telling us all about this year's Pigtown. All the details, as you said, are on pigtown.ie and there's a great range of events there from special dinners, cookery demonstrations, family-friendly events, meet the maker. So there's definitely something for everybody there. Definitely. No, it's great. And it's, it's great to get out and get involved. And just even if it's one or two, come to some of the free events, book some restaurant dinners, God knows they all need the support right now. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we caught up with the Limerick food champion Chef Tom Flavin who told us all about this year's Pigtown Festival of Food and Culture which starts this weekend. Check out pigtown.ie for all the details. If you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, after the Soviet invasion of Hungary in 1956, the Vidal's family fled their native country and eventually made their home in England. The story goes that all they took with them was the family silver and a jar of pickles to sustain them on their journey. Fast forward to 2011 and Vidal's super condiments was founded by Nick Vidal's in a shipping container and Nick joins us from across the water to tell us more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Nick, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to me. And I'm really interested about how you earned this name, The Pickles Man. Tell me how you came about to start up your company. Well, um, uh, how far back shall I go? My dad's Hungarian. Um, so I, I grew up eating pickles and sauerkraut and sour things generally. Um, and then um, that got into the idea of um, being wanting to be a chef and uh, did that for a few years, got into teaching for a bit. Then I saw all these people trying to do street food and I thought I could do that. So I started doing a, a bit of street food and we, we used to do hand-pressed corn quesadillas, um, which were great, but they took quite a long time to make. So the queues were long. And while the queues were long, I encouraged people to, to, to taste the pickles that I'd made to go with the quesadillas, you see. Long story short, the pickles became more popular than my lovely quesadillas. Um, so uh, I started selling them in little tubs to people. And then beyond that, um, to other street food traders, uh, delis, small restaurants and so on. And it kind of grew from there. And then people, yeah, people sort of tagged me as the, the pickles man. Um, and uh, that's what I got known as, yeah. 10, 12 years ago, something like that, that started. Well, growing up in Ireland myself, um, to me as a child, pickles were really like the pickled onions in a jar. But nowadays, yeah. pickles like kimchi and fermented foods are a bit more commonplace. This all happened for you over in London. So about 10 years ago, whenever you started up the company, how familiar were people with fermented foods such as kimchi? Well, um, there was there was a sort of, you know, a little bit of a of knowledge, uh, but not obviously as much as there is now. I think there was a... It was a general sort of renaissance in, in the idea of pres preserving, you know, and it wasn't just um, pickling and fermenting, you know. I think that there was a time where, where, well, there is, and it still continues, isn't it? You know, it's the new rock and roll. People go to workshops on how to make bread or um, gin or something instead of um, going out and getting drunk and, and like we used to and having fun, you know, um, in that way. Um, which is, of course, fantastic for, for, for us. You know, people are interested in that. But, yeah, I think um, that kind of I, – I, I was really interested in that because I'd always eaten pickles and I'd always eat, eaten fermented foods. Um, kimchi was quite new to me, but I understood straight away that kimchi was um, the same, in essence, as sauerkraut. And it ticked all the boxes, or more boxes, actually, because it had chilli, ginger and garlic in it, um, all those – those wonderful uh, ingredients that we we know are so good for us and so on. So I, I started making that as well because I thought, well, that is, that's a natural work progression, and it probably sauerkraut probably originated from the Far East anyway, and from those roots with um, Korea and uh, the Far East. But um, yeah, pe pe people started. You know, I mean, we're the first to firm, if you like, to 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 bring it into shops and delis. There were a few, but ours was um, really, we, we, we started, and there's, there's quite a few, um, you know, little smaller producers now who sort of, if you ask them, you know, they, they'd probably say, oh, yeah, for Dan's, we know, we know that guy and Pickles Man and, um, and so on, and they throw lots of um, nice thing, words about 
uh, me and so on. I don't know if it's always deserved, but um, yeah, it's it's great to feel that I was a sort of pioneer in London for this kind of thing. Although there's nothing new in the world, Sharon, you know, and um, I, I, you know, I, I, I just started doing something that's been done for thousands of years, perhaps a bit more of a modern um, uh, approach to it with, with a focus on, on flavour and, and interesting combinations of, of, of fruit, vegetables and, and, uh, and spices and so on. Well, it's, it's interesting what you're saying about there not being anything new in the world because a lot of these old recipes and old dishes are coming back now and the, the recipe that you use then for sauerkraut, for example, is that something that's been handed down to you? Well, yeah, I mean, one of the... Um... I mean, the, 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 the pickles we used to make as children with my grandmother were, were really simple um, cucumber pickles, which um, our garlic dill cucumber pickles are, are based on now. Um, and that that's, and they're one of the, our favourites, still my, one of my favourite things that I've ever created. But it's, the, yeah, the sauerkraut recipes, the pickle recipes are all, um, you know, based on, on, on what we do used to do as kids. Um, but we, we the thing is, we never used to make a lot of sauerkraut. Um, it was more the pickles. The sauerkraut, we used to buy these big jars of Polish-branded sauerkraut, which were so sour that you, you had to wash them out before you could possibly try and eat them. So I wanted to, to make fresher, more up-to-date versions, which were easier on the palate, but still had those key elements that um, that got people um, interested. And, 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 and I'm not saying as is an entry-level sauerkraut, um, but it's some, it's, it's, it's versatile and, and uh, everyone can, can get into it and, and, and enjoy it. And just, I, I was really on a mission to try and get more people into it um, and eating that sort of thing and, and to dispel those sort of, uh, the idea that, that the pickles and sauerkraut are, are make your face pucker up and sort of are, are sort of very sour and horrible things you get out at Christmas just because you have to. All fermented foods are reported as being very healthy and they're great for the the gut because of the various probiotic properties that they have. Yeah. Somebody that wants to try your products, what do you recommend that they put them with? Well, that's always a good question because. Um, one of the challenges we have is, is to try and sort of um, illustrate that exact point because people are sort of, oh, yeah, this sounds good, it tastes good, um, but well, how do I eat it? What do I do? And so, of course, there are obvious, um, you know, combinations and pairings like hot dogs and burgers and um, sandwiches. You know, you think of big um, American-style sandwiches like Reuben sandwiches with sauerkraut and so on, uh, burgers with pickles and hot dogs with with, with, with so on, uh, and kimchi with stir-fried rice and so on. But I, I I say to people, you know, once you start eating it, you, you'll start putting it with, with almost everything and anything. I mean, I have my breakfast, I have, and this is a standard breakfast for me, is um, I have peanut butter with kimchi on it, on wholemeal toast, and that really gets me going every morning. Fantastic. It's a brilliant thing. So pairings, um, you can put it on anything and everything. And I encourage people to to be um, bold and, and uh, do the most extraordinary pairings. And it does tend to go with it. It ticks all the boxes. Sour, 
It's sometimes sweet, it's um, savoury, got those umami flavours and so on. Um, and of course you can cook with it, but as long as you have some raw on the side, that's really important to, to, yeah, to, to, to get the full benefits of all those billions of good, healthy bacteria that uh, are present. Yes. And they are, all the products are widely available now, which means you've made that transition from street food vendor to dealing with multiple supermarkets. How do you go about upscaling? That must be quite challenging in terms of the production of the products. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, yeah, challenging, um, but remarkably, um, you know, it's remarkable that we, 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 the same process is basically used as, as we always did. Um, you know, and you, you talk to anyone who uses fermentation in their production for food or wine or bread or cheese, they're all fermented products. And um, when you scale up, you have challenges, of course. Um, and, you know, it's, it is difficult. Um, but uh, with the right team, we, we, we paired up with a brilliant um, partner and um, we are, you know, we're, we're managing to to uh, meet the demand which is ever growing <laughs> but yeah it's a challenge yeah and it's always great to do collaborations i think because that's another way of getting your brand out there and you have a very exciting collaboration that starts this month well pizzas are um are of course um a, 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 you know it's what is it bread cheese tomato sauce you know the ultimate um you know comfort food for me, pizza. And of course, when you have all that rich cheese and toppings and bread, you need something sour to cut through the, uh, the fat on there. And, and so kimchi is, is the perfect answer for that. So it's a really perfect pairing. Couldn't think of anything better. My children and I were at an event a couple of weeks ago and there was a debate going on about having um pineapple on pizza which my children are still reeling from the thought of that but i would have, i would have thought pizza with pineapple and kimchi would actually be quite a nice combination sharon you 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 know that because <laughs> and watch this space because um you know pairings of fruit and uh, kimchi are very are very 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 good and um I'm, I'm into it and i often make those pairings whether it's in a hot sauce or a kimchi and pineapple uh, yeah all the way always on a pizza why not yeah you know there's no such thing as classic or or traditional you know we, we live in london for god's sake you know we, we, well i do um, and and we're in the uk with we've got the best most diverse palettes in, in europe and uh, we can have whatever we like you know and those things work <laughs> during that discussion one of the things that I had brought up that you might be too young to remember was many, oh, really? many years ago the Yellow Pages had an ad on TV and it was the, the guy had to go out to get the pizza for the pregnant wife and it was tuna and banana I don't know if you remember <laughs> that or not it was called the Yellow Pages pizza in our local <laughs> pizza place <laughs> well yeah I do remember the Yellow Pages you've been very kind you think that I'm too young to remember that but the uh, yeah the idea that uh, you, you run out and I mean you know the thing with the, the peanut butter and kimchi and those weird combinations um, my wife when she was pregnant with our youngest had the weirdest concoctions and mixtures and and you do crave those uh, those sort of sour salty 
things, you know, I think that's true. And there's that your body's um, telling, telling you for a reason, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, listen, it's been lovely to talk to you. If people want to find out more about you and your products, where's the best place for them to go to? Well, if they look on the Instagram feed, they'll, they'll find uh, plenty of stuff on there uh, and all our suggested usages as well for, for how to eat the product as well. Um, that's that's Vitaz Deli Instagram and my own personal one, Nick Vitaz, if you want to see some of the things that I, I come up with. Yeah, be great. Well, Nick, a.k.a. The Pickles Man, lovely to meet you and to talk to you. Yeah, pleasure, Sharon. Thanks very much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan, and just before the break, Nick Vidaz, founder of Vidaz Super Condiments, told us about his food journey. And earlier on in the programme tonight, we caught up with Limerick food champion, chef Tom Flavin, who told us all about this year's Pig Town Festival of Food and Culture, which starts this weekend. And be sure to check out pigtown.ie for all the details. If you are just tuning in now and you've missed all of that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are also available to listen to on my website, SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes, the podcast app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, before I go tonight, a heads up that this year's Blossom Erin Irish Food Awards take place in Dingle at the end of this month, as does the Dingle Food Festival. Next week and the week after, I'll be talking to one of this year's producers' champions, Johnny McDowell from Indie Food, and I'll also be meeting some of the finalists themselves, including Carol Banahan from Carol Stocks and Tom Leach and Mo McKeown from Dingle Sea Salt. So be sure to tune in for that. In the meantime, that brings us to the end of the programme this evening. Thanks a million to my guests, Tom Flavin and Nick Vidaz. And until next week, bon appétit. <laughs> Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!